0: one and all. And welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Steve Nussbaum. In the podcast, where I invite my guests to come on and talk to me all about their musical tastes, their memories, their experiences, and they get to create their fancy festivals, which I have christened Festivals. We are now on episode number 136. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's All right, as we are now into the summer holidays, hopefully the sun is shining where you are. Hopefully, you're about to go on a summer holiday and enjoy yourself. And if you do, don't forget to go back into the Fantastical Vaults and listen to some older episodes. And you'll be able to find the last episode of the podcast where I had Stevie Tion, hashtag murdered song of the day, overlord. He was a great guest. Lots of new listeners to the podcast. So if you are a new listener, thank you for listening. Stevie was a wonderful guest. So if you've not listened to that, Please go back into our vaults and do so. You will not regret it. A great episode, and thanks to Steve for coming on. So that was one three five, and this is one three six. I'm so excited about my guest this week. I have joining me singer, songwriter, the genre hopping storyteller. That's such a great quote. Amazing. It can only be the one and only. It's Mr. Joe Peacock. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> That's an amazing intro. Haha. <laughs> Joe, I do my best. I always love to do the amazing intros. It's amazing to finally have you on the podcast and a great time to have you on. We'll find out all about why it's such a great time to have you on. But before we talk about music, I always like to check in with my guests, find out how they're doing from a mental health perspective. So, Joe, mate, how you doing? I'm all right at
1: the moment, actually. Yeah, a yeah, little bit weary. It's like getting last week before I go off on holiday. So, yeah, i got loads of stuff to finish off and a bit kind of... Whoa. But yeah, (laughs) otherwise, otherwise, all right. Yeah, not not in too bad a space at the moment.
0: That's great to hear. I'm a bit like you in a headspace. So I'm off on holiday on this coming Friday uh, and lots to do uh, and lots to sort out. But anyway, this is all about the positive of music and not negative of going on holiday and being stressed out about it and not knowing what's (laughs) going to come. So, Joe, obviously, I gave you the introduction. I'm guessing most people listening will know you. But if anyone doesn't, Joe, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so uh, I live in Birmingham, and I have released three albums so far, plus a few EPs and singles and things like that. I record them all here in this room at home, where I'm talking to you from, and I like experimenting with different types of music. So some of it's quite electronic, some of it's very heavy guitar-based kind of stuff. And as you said, kind of genre-hopping storyteller, like my, my songs are like not normally love songs, things like just vague collections of words that I like to pick interesting stories and and write songs about those. So often I disappear off down an internet um, rabbit hole and just like read about all these weird people and then come up with a song about one of them. So that's that's the kind of thing that I like doing. I um, released my first album in 2021 in this kind of period of my career. So I, I I had a long break. And it was during lockdown that I started writing and recording music again. So, yeah, and I'm a solo artist, but I'm also in a duo as well. So I I play in a kind of alt-folk duo with uh, a woman called Louisa Davis Foley. We're called The Mist Trees. And so that's the one that I do live. Uh, My solo stuff is all just kind of, yeah,
0: online, really. (laughs) Amazing stuff. It's amazing that all that comes out of one room. It's incredible work you do there, Joe. You must be... um really proud so I mean let me take you back Dean what are your early like memories of music what do you recall from your like your your childhood upwards
1: so there was always music on in our house pretty much more than telly I think so my dad was a music journalist he wrote for sounds and the melody maker and um so he he'd kind of stopped doing that by the time I was old enough to 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 know what was going on but yeah our living room was like wall-to-wall vinyl of all this stuff that he'd collected throughout his uh, career and, you know, he he had very varied tastes, so you know, we'd have classical music on in the house sometimes and then other times it'd be like really experimental jazz and then like rock and um, psychedelic stuff and acoustic stuff, all kinds of stuff And, and, and then in the 80s he would listen to the more modern stuff then so there was like synth music going on and all kinds of things, so you know, I inherited some very strong opinions on music from my dad. <laughs> as much as being a music lover, there's a lot of stuff, having been a critic, it, there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't like. So I tend to be quite kind of, um yeah, picky and uh, harsh on certain <laughs> kinds of music that I don't like.
0: And in terms of, I guess, musical instrument, is that how you got into music, by just instruments in the house, I guess, because there was so much music in the house, or did that kind of follow later?
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, uh, my dad, although he wrote about music he didn't play it himself really so uh, my mum had a piano which I would make a horrible noise on sometimes (laughs) I never uh, had lessons so it wasn't really till I was uh, a teenager and I was probably 13 and um, there was this amazing music teacher at our school called Mr Drury so he was like Ian Drury but not as in Ian Drury and the Blockheads but the, (laughs) the music teacher in our school and so he taught me to play drums, first of all. So I would like be playing drums every lunchtime at school in the, in the uh, music room, jamming with other people. Yeah, so I started playing in bands when I was 15, and I was just a drummer then, And but I was always writing songs as well and trying to get them to play my songs more or less successfully sometimes. And then it wasn't really till uh, I was about... Twenty twenty one that I switched to playing guitar because by that stage I was in a band at university and we did quite well we were like one baffle of the bands and we played some quite good gigs around Kew University where I was but um, I was drumming and singing and that's a really hard thing to do so um, I decided I wanted to be a proper front man so I switched to playing guitar properly.
0: Great stuff and then obviously you said you kind of took a break from kind of writing your own stuff and then kind of started again during lockdown and how did you find that process and i guess of getting back into it because it seems like once you get out of music it can be quite hard to get into it so how did that process happen for you
1: yeah well it was i mean you were talking to stevie last week about um lockdown and and the effect of that and my story was a bit similar to his really i mean i was home educating my kids and i was on furlough and i needed a, <laughs> a break from that and so i started off just playing covers so I kind of set myself a challenge to learn a new cover every day and posted a few on social media. This was before um, I did Song of the Day, before I knew those guys. But yeah, they got some quite good reactions. And then like, just from playing all these other people's songs, I started coming up with my own riffs again and thinking, oh yeah, actually, I'm really like writing songs. And so the first one that I wrote was called Butterfly in a Giant's Hands, and that was based on Something I'd been doing at work when we were looking at the stories of this uh, long-stay hospital that had been closed down. And so we were hearing about the stories of the people who'd lived there. And I, so I wrote this story about this guy who was like a real gentle giant and he used to carry butterflies around the grounds of the hospital and stuff. So, yeah, it was a very poetic thing, I thought, and <laughs> I turned it into a song.
0: And then since then, like, I guess you've been fairly prolific. If all these songs are new, then that's a lot of material to have. Obviously, you said three albums and a couple of EPs. And I think the first album that we just spoke about earlier came out in April 2021. So are these all new songs that you're releasing? or well, Have you gone kind of back into some of the stuff you'd written when you were younger and kind of re recorded it for present day?
1: I recycled a couple of riffs, <laughs> but, but all the lyrics are new and they sound... Any of the ones where I recycled the riffs, I've completely changed the songs from how they sounded before. So, yeah, yeah, it's all new stuff. And my my trouble actually is I write too many songs and I just can't keep up with them. So I've got like a backlog of 30 or 40 songs at the moment that are here ready to be kind of um, recorded properly and and, and released. So my, my limitations are in my kind of technical abilities to make things sound good. And, yeah, if I had loads of money I could just pay a producer to kind of help me sort it all out instead of having to do it all in my front room here, then it'd be a lot easier if I could just go into a studio for a weekend and like bash out a load of songs and then someone else tidies them all up and makes them sound amazing. Well, you, That'd did, be great. you
0: did have a bit of help on the uh, second album, right? So Fred of the podcast, former guest, the one and only wonderful Joe Adamar, helped with the second album, right? So second album before the robots told us where to go.
1: Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, that he had a big influence on that album. So, I met him on Twitter. I only met him for the first time in person last week, actually. Um, so, I was down in Oxford at the Sylvie gig, <laughs> and so finally got to meet Mr. Adamo face to face, which was a pleasure. Wow, he's uh, <laughs> just as nice in real life as he is online. So, yeah, i yeah, I met him on Twitter, and I'm like asked him what he thought of a few things and he's like your songwriting is great but your recording is awful <laughs> would you like some help with that i was like yes please <laughs> so um i sent him some demos of a few songs and there were a few that he really liked and and just wanted to to have a go at so um yeah he did and and i loved what he did with them i was like oh can you do that like that whole, the whole next album for me so yeah we came to an agreement on um how we would do that and I was kind of a bit of a guinea pig for him in terms of first time producing somebody else to that extent. And so, yeah, I think there are 10 songs on the album and all but one of them he produced. And some of them, he completely transformed the sound and they sound nothing like what they sounded like originally. Whereas other ones, he just like tidied it up and and added some subtle things to improve them and... Um, Yeah, he always tends to change the drums and the bass, but most of it's my
0: stuff still. That was brilliant. So, that was the second album. Then you had the follow up third album, which was the last album in fall, which was Mirror Neuron Generator. And that came out last year and has obviously uh, done really well and some great quotes that I saw from that album as well. So, it seems like the momentum, kind of the start of your songwriting, has really carried, carried you through. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that was like, that was released kind of like, six, eight months after the one before. so And then now that's 12 months on. <laughs> and so I haven't quite kept the momentum going in terms of the number of releases since then. Yeah, that that was um, much more my own work, that album. I got some help with the mixing and mastering, but I didn't have anyone else producing that one. So that was all my work and, and all the songs sounded exactly as, as I wanted them to. But it was a lot less guitar on it. So in a way where... I. I think where I struggle most in the in the production is like getting the live instruments to sound good, the guitar and the bass. And when it's lots of synths layered over each other, then it's it's I find it a little bit easier to kind of handle getting the, the sound balance a bit better. Not to be too technical and boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could be as technical as what you need to be, Joe. It's all good. So, like I mentioned at the beginning, an exciting time for you, right? So you had a single out. Earlier this year, which was On Fire Again. Listen to that, really good single. But we do have a new release to talk about, Joe. We've got your forthcoming EP, The Curse of the Mind. That's out on Friday, the 18th of August. So I guess tell us uh, about the EP.
1: Okay, yeah. So there are four songs on this one. And yeah, we were talking about mental health a bit earlier. So these are, as you can tell from the title, a little bit, they're all linked a link to little bit around kind of things that happen in the mind uh so there's a bit about mind control so there's um the first track on there is called uh thought camera and that was something that um nikola tesla thought of it would be a brilliant idea to uh invent this thing where it could project your thoughts onto a wall so people could see what you're thinking <laughs> no i'm not quite so sure that's a great idea but um it kind of got me thinking about how these inventor types and these like rich people would like to get more control over what we're thinking and, and know what we're thinking so they can sell things to us more and, and that kind of thing. So, And what with Elon Musk being kind of calling his cars after Tesla, then I thought, oh, so is that something that he's... After is it controlling our thought processes and and that kind of thing? So that's kind of the 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 thing behind that one. And then there's another song on there which is called "The Cult of Fake Heroes," which is based on like Soviet era propaganda. So um, in the Soviet Union, they had this story about this guy called Pavlik Marozov, who was like this kid who lived in this village in Siberia, and the story that the Soviets promoted was that he was this kind of proud pioneer who was very patriotic and um, so he he dogged in his dad for un-Soviet behavior and then his dad was kind of like taken off to uh, be re-educated or whatever and then his family gained revenge on him and kind of yeah took him out so then he was this martyr to the Soviet Union and like inspired all these songs and statues everywhere and he was like not like that at all in reality, but uh, that story didn't come out till many, many years later. So that was a, <laughs> another one of the songs that I wrote. And then there's another one called Poltergeist, which is kind of about whether haunting and kind of the supernatural is is something inside the mind or outside the mind, because there's a, a bit of debate on that. There was a book that I read about it, which was very interesting. Uh, the people who experience these things, are they a little bit disturbed or is it is it actually a real thing? So, you know, I, I go for these <laughs> normal kind of things that people write songs
0: about. <laughs> so I must say, Joe, I've heard the EP. It's fantastic. Well done to you. And anyone who is interested in that can listen uh, to that from Friday the 18th of August. I urge you to do so. It's fantastic. So, Joe, your music crosses over a wide range of genres. But for you, what what do you like listening to? I imagine it's quite a wide berth considering how wide kind of your music architectural structure is for your tunes but what music are you into?
1: So yeah it is is very varied so it really depends on my mood so I mean in past few years I've been to see The Orb, I've been to see of Driver, I've been to see lots of new bands like Heavy North, I went to see Sylvie the other week, I've been to see Three Little Wolves so there's like I really like electronic music and i like guitar music i like acoustic music and i like yeah i i will go and watch jazz and classical music as well yeah i I listen to all kinds of stuff i really it depends on my mood it depends on yeah what's in front of me and what what's inspiring me at that time so yeah yeah i just like things that really kind of open my mind in some way and 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 challenge me in a in a way i don't go for the safe stuff generally <laughs>
0: It, what, so what are you listening to at the moment? So whether it's old or new, what has kind of been the last couple of acts who have kind of appeared on your, whether it's Spotify or whether it's a CD you are thrown in your CD player? What What's kind of been on, on, your, on your list recently?
1: Well, the album I've listened to most this week is the new Blur album, which I think is superb. And I also really liked the album that Graham Coxon did earlier this year with, oh, it was The Wave, he called it. And so that was a collaboration and I've shamefully forgotten the name of the, the woman that he did it with, but she's great as well. So they're great. I really like Fontaine's DC, actually, and I thought the solo album that the singer brought out recently was really good, really interesting. I love his lyrics. He's got such a poetic way with words. I think he's brilliant. And I I know a lot of people don't like the Arctic Monkeys new stuff, but I really enjoyed their Glastonbury step when I watched that from the sofa. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't a Glastonbury thing a family man and not being able to take a, a week off during certain time like that um but yeah that was fantastic but yeah I mean there's so much great stuff in the in the new indie music scene that I really enjoy listening to as well so uh yeah I mean there's there's a huge amount of music at, around at the moment and until I was really getting into making my own music again then I wasn't aware how much great music there was coming out at the moment yeah. and it's a real eye-opener
0: when you do. Yes, yeah, like the main best thing about this podcast is it's opened my eyes um, to so many great new acts all across the UK uh, and beyond even. So, yeah, it's amazing what I guess a new kind of uh, overview or a new kind of thing can do for you. So, Joe, let me take you back then to when you was a, a younger lad, you had some money in your pocket and you was about to go out and buy your first album or your first single. Do you remember what they were and your experiences of buying that?
1: I remember both of them. So if you've seen what I was posting on Twitter earlier, you'll probably know what the single was. (laughs) Did you spot that?
0: I have barely been on Twitter today, apart from (laughs) to tag Stevie T and his fantastical. I need to go and catch up. But I did see you do uh, the shaky song yesterday that I must commend you on, which went down a trip.
1: That was it, Green Door. That was my first single. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought I'd do a a quick cover of that. (laughs) Yeah, so that was the first... Seven-inch single that I got. I don't know whether I—I I don't remember actually whether I bought it myself or whether my parents gave it to me as a, a present. But yeah, that I definitely remember that being my first single. And then my first album was Complete Madness by Madness, obviously. And I used to love the Nutty Boys. I'd bounce around the living room to them all the time. They were my favourite band for a long time when I was younger.
0: Yeah, it's still going strong, right? So they still fill out arenas at Christmas time. They're still doing new material. So I guess you can only commend Madness for being uh, what they are—super
1: band and very underrated songwriters as well. I think the the lyrics are really good and yeah, really stands the test of time. I think their songs.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of their songs, what forty years now, give or take, mm-hmm. and hear them on the radio, and they sound as. Uh, Classic or as modern as what well, I guess you want to make them out to be, but you can easily hear their influence in many new acts coming through, which I guess is another testament to madness. So, Joe, you mentioned you're a bit of an older man, family man these days. No chance of Glastonbury, but do you enjoy the festival? Have you been to many a festival?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I have been to Glastonbury a few times in the past. I last couple of times I went there, I was um volunteering with Friends of the Earth, so I got a free ticket and. Um, I got to go in that way. So I had to work a few shifts while I was there, but I still got to see most of the apps that I wanted. So that was fantastic. And yeah, I mean, festivals are really great, and, but they're quite tiring. And often the sound quality <laughs> from when you're trying to hear the band is not that great if you're not in the ideal spot. So they have their upsides and their downsides, I think, uh festivals. One of the best ones that I went to that I really enjoyed was um, called All Tomorrow's parties and that was in um butlins in minehead so they took over butlins and all these indie kids went and stayed in the the chalets there and there was all this awesome music on for the whole weekend so um pavement were curating that and uh so they were they'd chosen all the other bands that were on there and it was uh yeah so it was a great weekend of music that was
0: sounds fantastic and what about gigs joe do you have a favorite gig do you have a standout gig
1: Hmm, hard to say been loads of good ones but i think radio had at their peak when i saw them a few times they the the energy that they had when they played was just incredible they were electric when they were on top form they were just yeah because that was at that time when i was kind of at that age where everything was just like so fantastic it's at that time when music really hits you hardest i think isn't it when you're kind of between 18 and 25 and You know, I'm really trying not to be that guy stuck in the 90s anymore. But in terms of the best gigs, then (laughs) that was it.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. So Joe has mentioned plenty of awesome acts and music so far. And he is a lucky man as he gets to collate his fantasy festival in this episode. So Joe gets to choose any five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full. And Joe also gets to pick an encore, which can be any song ever, which all five of his acts can perform together to close his fantasy festival. So for any first-time listeners, this is very simple. Five acts take five time slots. So in the last episode of the pod, which I mentioned at the beginning, I had Stevie Tion and he created his tweet in the Park Fantasy Festival. In his opening slot, he went for the crooks. In his super seconds slot, he picked the Lutras. Midway Madness he went for the Snuts and had Oasis as his pre-headliners and for his headline act he picked Big Country and had them play the Buffalo Skinners in four and then to close his fantasy festival he had all five acts perform Champagne Supernova which was a fantastic fantasy festival. So Joe, before we talk about your five acts we've got two very important things to decide on for your fantasy festival. We firstly need to give it a name and then we need to give it a venue. So to start off with Joe... What are you gonna call your fantasy festival?
1: So I'm going for the mind blown festival.
0: (laughs) I like that. I guess that's pretty self explanatory, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I want yeah, music that's gonna blow people's minds
0: basically. (laughs) Great stuff, Joe. So you can take us anywhere in the world. We can stick near you in Birmingham. We can go further out to wherever you want to take us in the UK. We can go worldwide, we can take it global. So wherever you wanna go, Joe, we'll gladly follow you. So where are we gonna hold the Mind Blown Festival?
1: So yeah, I decided to have it local and, you know, it's it's in the middle of the country, so it's easy for everyone to get here and there's loads of bits of vacant land in Birmingham. So I wanted it to be in an urban area in a big tent and like constructed so that the sound is as good as it can possibly be. So, you know, classical music, they have all these venues that are like amazing, like Symphony Hall in, in Birmingham was designed so that the it's got the perfect acoustics. So I would like get somebody to make sure that this festival we put on will have the best possible sound system so that everyone is able to hear the music to its optimum.
0: All right. Okay. I think Joe edemar might be getting a call to uh, make sure the sound's right at your fantasy festival. <laughs> so Joe, <laughs> Joe's going to have to keep that date free. All right. So we're holding it in Birmingham. So before we talk about your five acts joe i appreciate how difficult it is to collate a fantasy festival and you need to whittle it down from many acts to five before we talk about the five are there any acts who you want to mention who you love but just haven't made it into your fantasy festival lineup
1: oh so many i mean because i like so many different styles of music it's like you have something that kind of goes together well so you know i'd love to have like some acoustic music there but it's not a really main stage of a festival thing so i'd have loved to have some folks singers like Amelia Coburn or Ellie Gowers or you know there are loads of wonderful singers in that field at the moment um you know in terms of favorite bands of all time like Radiohead I really would have wanted to put them on there but you know I just I went bigger than that or The Smile even I love Tom York and Johnny Greenwood's new band The Smile Sonic Youth would have been fantastic for this but that didn't quite make it onto the lineup. Massive Attack, Blur, I don't know, loads of these bands that I really would have loved to have put on, but just didn't quite make it in the way I was doing the festival.
0: Well, there can only be five. Blur, amazingly, still never been picked for Fantasy Festival. Oh no, they have oh, right, really. Tell a lie, tell a lie, they have. They got picked once. I keep thinking they've never been picked. So Blur will have to wait another day. They've only been picked. I thought you might pick Blur when you talk about the new album and you talk about Graham Cox and I thought you might pick Radiohead, but they are gone. So let's go to it. Then two o'clock in Birmingham, Joe. Mind the mind blown a festival. Sold out. Everyone's having a great time. Sign for your opening act to take the stage. So, Joe, who's going to open your fantasy festival?
1: Right. So, we've got a big noise to start with. We're going with My Bloody Valentine to open.
0: Great shout. Uh, why, why, why are them for you, Joe? Why are My Bloody Valentine, your fantasy festival, opening?
1: I just want something that makes a big statement noise-wise, and they certainly do that. I've not been lucky enough to see them live, so it's kind of selfish because I... I wanted to make sure I got to see them. But, you know, the Loveless album, I just think, is one of the masterpieces of all time in terms of, yeah, genre-defining albums, and and so many people tried to copy them, but nobody got close to making the same kind of noise that they do, I don't think. So, yeah, I just think it's a real statement at the start of the festival to have a band like that just really taking you to another dimension with the music that they play and you know really messing with your mind with all the kind of guitar effects that they they put on and yeah
0: great stuff
1: it's powerful but it's got great melodies it's got texture it's all it's all the things on love.
0: Brilliant stuff, Joe. So my bloody Valentine are going to open your fantasy festival. The second time they've been picked for fantasy festival, they also opened Pete Wilkinson from Casts Fantasy Festival many moons ago, I think, in episode 60. So they've had to wait another 76 episodes to get back to where they are. But Joe is bringing them to my to the mind blown festival. They're going to play from two till three o'clock. We're going to take a break uh, at three o'clock, and that will take us to half past three it be time for our super seconds act so joe who's going to be a super seconds act
1: so the second one i've got they also released an amazing new album recently and i've gone for the wonderful pj harvey she is such a great performer and again her her songs and her switching of, of genres is incredible so if she could play like some of the best bits from throughout her career i just think that is such a body of work that she's got, and it covers so many different types of music. And, you know, you'd have really jump about bits and then just really delicate songs with incredible lyrics. And I really wanted to make sure I didn't have a male-only festival. <laughs> so I wanted to have at least one female artist in there, and she is one of my favourites of all time as well. So. PJ Harvey, super seconds.
0: That is a great shout. PJ Harvey also making her second uh, appearance at Fantasy Festival. So she was on Derek Walklate's Fantasy Festival many moons ago as well as part of his Midway Madness setup. But tonight she's playing your super second slot. That's going to be a fantastic hour. That's going to make many people very happy to see her. She plays till half past four. We'll take half hour break. That takes us to five o'clock. And it'll be time for our Midway Madness act. So Joe... Two down, three to go. So who's going to be your Midway Madness Act?
1: Right, this is proper madness. So this is uh, an act that my dad introduced me to. He was very, very keen on him and uh, he went on tour with him and he said he was just as crazy as you would have hoped. So I'm going for the amazing Captain Beefheart to play in the Midway Madness spot.
0: Amazing. So your dad obviously was Lucky enough to tour with him, like you said. I mean, did you ever were you ever lucky enough to meet Captain B Part?
1: No, he'd retired from public life, I think. By the time he became quite a recluse, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he just went off and painted um, most <laughs> of the, the last part of his life. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a time traveling festival, isn't it? You can bring the, yes, anyone mates. back from their peak, and is now the time when I tell you that they play an album in full or do you want that at the end? Yeah, you can
0: tell us now. So what are you going to have Captain Beefheart play?
1: Well, obviously, Trout Mask Replica is his his genius album and so that's the one I would want to be played in full. I think he just about managed that in an hour. It's quite an intense listen but I think that would definitely blow a few minds if he managed to pull off playing that in full.
0: We are going to have that at your Fantasy Festival. First time Captain Beefheart has been chosen for a Fantasy Festival, Joe. So we've got a new name on the roster, I think it's been spoken about a few times by some of the guys in the Lars, and I'm sure Pete Walkinson also mentioned Captain Beefheart, but gets to play an hour, five to six, and we'll play Trout Mask Replica in full. So we'll take another half-hour break after they're set. That'll take us to half-past six. That's three acts down, two acts left. So, Joe, who's going to be a pre-headline act, and who's going to take us from half-past six to eight o'clock?
1: So... Uh, Some more fireworks now. We're going to go for Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix experience pre-headlining.
0: I I guess there's there's an easy pun for me to make here, right, with Jimi Hendrix and your name, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to resist the temptation of doing that. So, Joe, why why Jimi Hendrix is going to take your pre-headline act?
1: He was such an amazing performer. You know, I would have loved to have seen him live. So, yeah, I mean, the gimmicky stuff, yeah fine it it got him noticed but just as a performer as a songwriter he wrote such amazing songs and the fact that he could do those while playing those guitar licks it's just like incredible i you know I've played simplified versions of some of his songs but I could never dream of being able to play guitar like Hendrix and yeah I you know playing and playing in a trio being like just him and bass player and a drummer the three of them they just worked absolute amazing live act when you saw them on because i i used to watch videos of him playing some of his best gigs all the time when i was growing up that was another one of my dad's favorites so you know yeah i've i've got a lot of my dad's music in here but you know it's it's all-time classic stuff you know i i because this is a fantasy thing i i i just wanted to go back in time a bit and, and choose some of these older acts rather than going for some of the ones that I've seen myself in in my lifetime. I wanted to go yeah, back in time, and and, and Hendrix was one of those acts that I just was in awe of.
0: Well, you can do that. It's your fancy festival, so you are more than welcome to do that. So Jimi Hendrix is making his eighth fantastical appearance. He's going to take your pre-headline slot. He's going to give us an hour and a half of the finest guitar playing and singing ever. And So we'll take one more half-hour break, and that's like a tough past eight, and it'll be time for your headline act. You get two and a half hours to headline your fantasy festival. So, Joe, four down, one left. Who's going to headline the mind blown festival?
1: So, we want some really good vibes to finish off with. So, we're going to have Bob Marley and the Wailers headlining. So, you know, legend, absolute legend. Yeah. What could be better than singing along to Bob Marley songs at the end of an evening? I mean, he's got so many classics. And, you know, he's got really brilliant, upbeat songs and, and just ones that groove and then some slower ones. And there's positive messages. There's angry stuff in there. There's protest songs. it's it's He would get everybody singing along with him. I'm absolutely positive of it. Um, I just, yeah, I couldn't think of anyone better than Bob Marley as a, a headliner.
0: Great stuff. So Bob Marley and the Wailers are going to headline your fantasy festival. They're going to give us two and a half hours of some amazing music and then at eleven o'clock, they're going to bring back on stage Jimi Hendrix, Captain Beefheart, PJ Harvey, and My Bloody Valentine. That's that's an amazing stage stage <laughs> you've got there, Joe. It's incredible what you've done there. And they all get to play one song that you get to tell them what that song is. So, Joe, what are you going to have your Fantasy Festival lineup play to close your Fantasy Festival? Uh, so
1: this is where. We get some Radiohead. So I want them to play Paranoid Android together. (laughs) I think that would be fantastic.
0: (laughs) That would be brilliant. I guess, I mean, in my head, I'm trying to comprehend who does what part, but you've got a wealth (laughs) of talent. I know Jimi Hendrix would have an absolute whale of the time with the riff.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's there's riffs galore. I mean, yeah, I could imagine PJ Harvey singing bits like Tom York quite easily. I think if we get a bit where it's kind of full-on My Bloody Valentine, kind of like switch it up and bring some noise into it, change it a bit. And yeah, can add some horns in there from Bob Marley's kind of wailers. That would be great. I think that would be the most amazing version of Paranoid Android elf.
0: It's a hard song to pull off, but your lineup could definitely do it. So that completes your fantasy festival. So let's lock it in before you change your mind. So we've got the Mind Blown Festival I know we're holding it in Birmingham. Did we say Symphony Hall or are we just going to hold it in a tent in Birmingham?
1: Yeah, in a tent in Birmingham. I mean, there's loads of big empty spaces that they are waiting to build on around Digbeth in Birmingham, which is a really cool area. There's loads of small venues around Digbeth, which are great to play gigs in anyway. So, you know, you could have after parties and all these brilliant Irish pubs and little venues around there.
0: Sounds great. But, yeah. Sounds great. So going to Birmingham in your opening act, we've got My Bloody Valentine, Super Seconds, PJ Harvey, Midway Madness, Captain Beefheart playing Trout Mask Replica. Pre-headline act, we've got Jimi Hendrix, and headlining your fantasy festival, we've got Bob Marley and the Wailers. And for your encore, they're all gonna play Paranoid, Android, Mr. Peacock. Are we happy to lock that in to the Fantastical Vaults? Absolutely. Great stuff. What a fantastic <laughs> lineup. So before we finish this one, Joe, tell us about what you got planned over the next couple of weeks, for the next couple of months. seems very exciting. So first of all, we got the EP, right? So let's plug the EP again.
1: Yeah, so The Curse of the Mind EP is coming out on the 18th of August. So there's four tracks on it. You can pre-save it now. I will be plugging that around the podcast. I'll be putting links everywhere when you tweet it out. And yeah, so that's 18th of August. And then the month after that, will be my next EP for my duo, The Mysteries, which is called Resist. Uh, It's three kind of political kind of songs that we've got in that one. So that'll be out mid to late September. We haven't got the date nailed down, but there's that one. And then I've got another EP that's half recorded after that solo one. And yeah, loads, loads of plans, loads of songs.
0: So loads of stuff going on, Joe. If anyone is listening and doesn't follow you already how do people find you on social media
1: yes yeah, so i'm on twitter at joe underscore peacock there's also i've got a facebook page which is joe peacock music and if you're switching from twitter like a lot of people are it's turning into x now whatever the x factor on yes yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to give elon musk any money so if it becomes obligatory to pay for the X or whatever it is then um, yeah you can find me on Blue Sky if you've managed to make it on there as well so I'll be yeah just look for Joe Peacock on there I'm sure you'll find me
0: yeah (laughs) and there's also loads of impromptu uh, songs you do right so we mentioned Murdered Song of the Day so that's just for you most days and as and when
1: yeah I generally post a couple of those a week depends what else is going on in life at the time. And I also tend to put up, um, previews of new songs when I've just written a, a song, then I'll bang out a quick acoustic version just to see what people think of it as well. So always find something for me on there.
0: Brilliant stuff. So make sure to go and give Joe a follow. Make sure to pre-save his new AP. You won't regret it. It's a fantastic piece of work. So that is it, everyone. Thank you for listening to the 136th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this one, you can subscribe and give the Fantastical Podcast a review on iTunes if you'd be so kind. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow the show. You can also give the show a rating, and you can also comment on on the episode, so please do so. And we are also on Twitter, as is Joe. So give us a follow at FantasticalP if you don't do so already. And if you're not on Twitter, you can email us at FantasticalPodcast at Outlook.com. Unfortunately, we don't play music on this podcast, but I'll get some tracks from Joe. We'll make a nice little Spotify playlist. And if you scroll down on your episode description, you'll be able to find a link there, and that will take you to all tracks mentioned by acts in this podcast. So, Joe, Thank you for being my 136 guests. It's been a great time. How have you found uh, being on the podcast?
1: Yeah, I've loved it. It's been a good chat. Yeah, I always love talking about music and my music and other music that I'm passionate about. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. It's
0: been a pleasure uh, to host you. Good luck with the EP, uh, with, well, all the forthcoming EPs. seems like you're very busy man. So I look forward to hearing what else is coming out uh, this year and wish you luck with that one. So that's it from me. I'm actually off on my summer holidays now. So I'll be back soon, right at the end of August or maybe even early September. We'll be back with episode number 137. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Have a great summer and please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.